Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, my God, Amen. Um, I actually lied. It's, it's, it's not going to be about that. Um, <laughs> it's going to be about um, the importance of suffering for a servant. And we're going to be sure he's going to have the biggest... The importance of suffering for the servant. Um, I think it wouldn't be sure he's going to have the biggest biceps at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> so the root of service, the root of service, if it's a true service, is discipleship. Um, Discipleship, and this is not because of the panel. Um, discipleship, first and foremost, to God, and second, uh, secondly, in, in other forms. Um, and this is this is the core, right? This is why Christ said, "Learn from me, for I am meek and lowly." This is he is he is the incarnation of God. He showed us what it means to be a heavenly human, and so this is our our model. So God was manifest to us in the person of Christ, who showed us who exactly the godly human is, right? And so if, if people are saying, well, what does it mean to be holy? What does it mean, like, what, what is it supposed to look like? The answer is Christ, right? Is that he said, I, I will literally show you um, what that means. And so that is who Christ is. Yet when God came down to us, he did not come to us with authority um, or fanfare. Right? Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a servant, which is what we hopefully are trying to be. But not just any servant, um, a suffering servant. Um, and so I'm going to read to you guys a few passages from Isaiah about, about Christ as the suffering service, a servant. This is what was said about him. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice in the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice, he's not loud, um, or make it heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be, um, he will not fail or be discouraged till he establishes us in the earth. Later on from Isaiah as well, he says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with the word him that is weary. Um, the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious I turned not backward I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard I hid not my face from shame and spitting surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows that we esteem him stricken struck down by God and afflicted wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that has made us whole. And most of you are familiar with this. We just sang, oh, beloved, earlier. That takes a lot of this theme, right? But is if this is the image of, of, of Christ, is, what, is a person who is who has authority, actually has supreme authority, um, but his, his, his giving of himself is not to come out with authority, but actually to walk straight into affliction and to accept it. So if we're putting this together properly, we're saying that the Lord is the prototype, and the Lord was a suffering servant, and the Lord said to us, if you wish to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. You will be cast out of synagogues. You will not be welcomed in homes. Your own families may turn against you. If you are willing to take all of this, 
and come and follow me. Um, so he's really not offering um, the best uh, benefits package. Um, and I hope that as, you're, that as you're hearing this, you pay attention that this is, this is a very far cry from the prosperity gospel. Okay, this, is, this has zero in common with it. Um, this is a far cry that if you're faithful to the Lord that you get rich. And I'm saying this because you might not think you are like subscribing to the prosperity gospel, but there's a good chance that you might. Um, this is a far cry from if you read your Bible every day, you will get into med school. Um, it's a far cry from if you had only attended liturgy on Sunday, you would have aced that exam or won that match. Or like, since you fast on Wednesday, right? Because you fasted, you got the A. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. Okay, that is, that's not what God said at all. You might just suck at that subject, or you might have been having a bad day, um, or maybe you studied really well, but it's not necessarily at all because you were so righteous that God rewarded you with, with marks, um, as though marks were the goal. Um, and so what I'm trying to say is that the call, the call to discipleship is synonymous with a full, a willful acceptance of suffering. Right? That like, the two cannot be divorced. This is why even um, from the wisdom of Sirach, it says, my son, if you wish to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for tribulations. Right? It's the first piece of advice given, is that, that, that discipleship is, and service is suffering. Um, the Lord said, these things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Okay, but be a good cheer, I've overcome the world. But he was not like, you know, they might bother you. He was like, no, this is my guarantee, you will, you will, you will see tribulation. Um, from Second Timothy, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. From Philippians, for unto you is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Okay, so anyone who's like, well, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. No, I'm sorry, it is. Um, like that, that's what it is. The, the way of the cross is not an easy one. So why? Why, why, do we, why, why are we suffering? Okay, like what is it that's causing the suffering? And I'm going to go through, um, I won't spend an hour on you, don't worry, seven uh, causes of, of suffering. I didn't mean for them to be seven, but it was a good number. Um, just to get into that and then to discuss that part. So the first thing is you might be suffering because of your own mistakes or your own human passions. Okay, because sometimes we think we're suffering, Yanni, for the sake of the service when actually you, you're, you're just messed up. I, I'm messed up. We're, we're all messed up people. So sometimes we do things that, are, that aren't right. So these are, these are sins, right? Or if you don't study, you don't do well, right? Unless you're lucky, some people are lucky. But um, in the service, maybe you have a loose tongue, okay? Maybe you talk too much, maybe you gossip, maybe you're an extremely negative person. And so people don't like you, okay? And that suffering has nothing to do with holiness, okay? So if they don't like you because you're arrogant, it's not because the poor you, you're suffering for the sake of the service, you're suffering because you're arrogant. Okay, so we have to be careful that we don't, that, that sometimes the cause of our suffering is, is ourselves. Um, you gossip, or you lie, or you betray someone's trust, or you're arrogant, as we said. All of these in the service are sufferings of our own causing. 
Um, it's not the end of the world. So I'm not saying to be like, well, I guess that you just suck and, and move on. It's not the end of the world. You need, you need to work on it because you, this suffering can and, and ought to be alleviated, right? Because this is not a this is not an extrinsic suffering compelled upon you. It's something that you're causing. So you should you should work on this um, because actually not just for yourself, but your service might become a stumbling block to others that when they see you, they don't glorify your Father in heaven. They curse him. Right, like this is this is the kind of thing. How many people have you met that left the church and be like, "Cause it's full of hypocrites," right? Like, and it's. I mean, so is the person who's saying that. But, um, but we all are really that. But we do need to become aware that actually my my wrongs that I'm suffering from might also be the stumbling block to others and the reason why they don't want to be in the church. Um, and then, not to make it all negative, like there, there all there are human passions that are part of the human condition that we suffer from. And those require patience and work, um, and they're just part of our biology. Um, and that's that's fine. We don't need to be ashamed of that or worried about that. But what, what we might need guidance in is, how do I minimize the effect of it? How do I minimize um, what others are having to deal with because of my own weakness? Because we, we all have weakness. Even when I sound a little sarcastic, I do want to emphasize that we all have sins within us, myself included. Right, and so we just we have to be careful that what I do, my handicap isn't a cause of, to the best of my ability, a cause of handicap to others. Um, so that's the first kind. The second is suffering, because people in the temple hate the truth. Okay, so this is this is actually one of the hardest kinds of suffering in my view. So when Jesus cast out demons. The Pharisees and, and, the, and the leaders, they didn't know what to do with it. Um, they were like, they, did, they didn't, couldn't accept that this was God, right? And so they're like, no, this is by the power of, of Beelzebub himself. This is, this is a demonic power that he has, right? Because they, they couldn't deny that something real had happened, but they couldn't validate it because it, it put exposure on themselves. And what does that mean? It means they don't like truth, right? A person who loves truth is never afraid of conversation. Um, a person who loves truth is never afraid of rebuke, is never afraid of exposure because they want to become better, right? Whereas a person who doesn't like the truth, they're the ones who are going to tailor what they say. They're going to be the ones that are um, kind of maneuvering around something because they don't want it as it, as it is. Um, like the man born blind, right? Coming up in a few weeks, coming soon. People in the temple went crazy. Like they actually, like they, like they lost it. Um, and they, they actually pretty much put the Lord on trial, right? They were like, like, who are your witnesses? You're testifying of yourself. This was literally, the Gospel of St. John is very much in like a, a constant trial going on and off, right? And so he's like, um, who are your witnesses? And, and Jesus is like, I'll tell you my witnesses. I've got, G- I've got God, I've got the prophets, I've got Moses, I've got John. What else do you want? And I've got my works. I have five proofs for you. What's your? What do you got? Right? And he was like, you're guilty. Right? But they couldn't stand him. Right? They, they put him on trial. They were persecuting the Lord. Right? And this was why also anybody who followed him was petrified that they'd be kicked out. Right? That's why even the parents were like, he's of age, ask him. Right? Like, don't, don't kick me out. I'm not responsible for this. This is why Nicodemus comes at night, right? As they were afraid of the internal persecution 
um, that would result from following the truth. Today, this, this does happen, right? I'm not going to pretend it doesn't happen. Um, sometimes there's a teaching of yours that's attacked that maybe actually isn't wrong. Um, it might happen that you have a particular view of a certain thing about which there's not actually a dogma. And I emphasize about which there's not a dogma. So it's not a matter of this is that always turning something into a matter of opinion. Because sometimes there's an official teaching on it and, and, and no offense, but your opinion doesn't matter. Um, but other members of the community might feel strongly against your view, which might not actually be wrong. And so they might be like, la, 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 don't let that guy near the youth, right? Because he has this view, right? Or like she she thinks like this, no, 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 no. Um, and that becomes a real problem. Sometimes we have cliques within, and so when somebody comes that's different from, from how we're, we're used to operating, then that person isn't accepted. We're like, no, they're, 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 they're different. And that person, what they're doing differently isn't even necessarily wrong, objectively, right? And so this kind, um, I think this kind is very difficult. Um, because it's one thing to be hated or, or to treat, be treated badly by a stranger. And it's a whole other thing um, to be treated badly in your own house. Um, because then, then you feel homeless, right? And, then, and those are very difficult. So that, that, is, that is a kind. And so again, the caveat here is make sure that you are also not the cause of your own suffering, even in this. Right? Ask yourself objectively if what you are doing or saying is actually right, objectively. Um, ask yourself if it is your place or position to speak. Right? Because maybe it's not. Maybe you have this view which you're entitled to have, but maybe it's not the right place to say. You don't have to stand up. Like, I don't, like, let's say I, I enter a church that's not my church and I don't like something in the system. It is not my right to go and stand up and be like, your system sucks. Right? Like, and it might be true, the system might suck. Okay? But that's not my right or my place. So it's not about being a, a truth bearer when you're overstepping your boundaries. It's about whether you're put in a position where this is inevitably something to, to deal with. Maybe you're, maybe you're, I'll, I'll give a, a really, um, hopefully non-contentious example because this one can be very contentious. Um, but uh, growing long hair is not intrinsically a sin. Okay, like it's not, it's not intrinsically a sin. It might be culturally wrong. Okay, and I could have wrong intent for doing it, and I could be wrong in doing it even if it's an, even if it's not intrinsically wrong. So I'm not saying everybody grow your hair long, but let's say you said that view, you didn't even grow your hair, and you happen to say in the classroom, it's like, well, it's not intrinsically wrong, but and I say, la 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 la, didn't you hear that guy? He said it's not wrong to grow the hair wrong, like, and then it becomes like a whole like film, and, and it gets it gets dumb. Right? And then you feel like the need to defend yourself, and then you feel like, wow, I can't believe this happened, and now they have an and, and it, it, it'll grow bitterness within you, right? So I'm also not saying don't be, don't be dumb, right? Like have a wisdom with what you speak and when you speak and why you said it and what is the context. But what I am saying is that yes, sometimes it can happen and it does happen that the suffering does come from within. Another kind is. Um, because people outside the temple hate the truth, right? So you can have it within, and then it can come from without. So for example, the, the Lord was, was held up to the mockery, both of the Gentile and Jew, when he walked the road to, to, to Golgotha. It wasn't just the, the Jews that mocked him. 
Um, it was the Romans who mocked that that's the king of the Jews, being like, oh, that's the guy you guys are saying is your big deal. Like, that's the guy. Um, Romans cast lots on his garments. Romans scourged him, nailed and pierced him. Our Lord was treated badly by, by outsiders. But this today is the mockery that you will receive, for sure, from the outside world. Um, and sometimes worse than mockery, right? If you remain true to your identity as a son or daughter of God, um, this can be your stance on sexuality, your view of relationships, your control over your language, your persistence or perseverance in, in the spiritual way. We're all very likely aware of people, for example, who have been mocked for, for not getting laid. Um, like, I know, uh, I, I heard of a, a kid who actually had to fabricate that he, he didn't have to, but this is what he did, fabricated that he had a girlfriend just to silence his friends and pretended for like three years that he had a long distance relationship. Um, so it's, it's, it's comical on one level, but it's also very sad on another that the pressure on this kid was so great that he saw no solution other than to fabricate some person, like, oh, she's amazing, and, like, and, 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 and make up all this, this stuff, right? In, in, uh, in the L.A. Diocese, where I was ordained, um, there was a, a poor kid that um, had been, they'd immigrated, he's only in the States for, like, two years, he was in Northridge, California, um, and I can't remember if he was in junior high or, or, or in grade nine, but... Um, the teacher, who's an atheist, required of him to write an additional paper that no one in the classroom was required to write, justifying his belief in God. Um, that no, no one else had to write any paper, no one else had to do anything else. And his parents, like they, they had no clue what's going on. They didn't know that this was abnormal. They didn't know that it was, like what was going on. Like the, the priest found out and, and took some action. What I mean is, the, the world is hostile. The world, the world is, is very hostile, um, and, and we shouldn't be surprised by this. I really I love the story of St. Macarius, whose, whose feast is this is coming week, um, because, it's, again, it shows the, the persecution from within and without. Um, most of you are probably familiar with that. St. Macarius was a priest. St. Macarius the Great was a priest, which is not common in the early Desert Fathers. And um, a poor girl, she, she fell into sin with some guy, and she got, she got knocked up. She got pregnant. Um, and so she was petrified of what was going to happen to her. So, like, who did this to you? It's Macarius, the priest. And so Macarius didn't deny it for a second. Um, and Macarius just said, he said to himself, it says, Oh, Macarius, get up, Macarius. You have a son. Um, you need to work to support your son. She was pregnant. It wasn't, it wasn't born yet. And so he started working. The people totally rejected him. I was like, what kind of priest is this that sleeps with the congregation? Right? And so, like, obviously that's scandal. Um, and so were the villagers. The villagers were like, here's your holy priest. Right? That, that's the guy. Um, like, good thing I'm not in your religion. Right? And then like, he, he was one of the stories where it worked out early in his life. Um, because for others, they didn't find out until they died that these were lies. But um, she had such a difficult labor. Um, she thought she was going to die um, that she felt that the reason why she was in so much pain was because of um, not telling the truth. So she says it was Macarius, and he got upset because he's like, great, now, now they love me. And so he took off and became Macarius the Great that we know today um, in the desert and the father of, of 
many and the disciple of Antony. Um, so sometimes it can come from 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 the outside. Um, sometimes our suffering can come because our own family um, rejects us, and I mean by that my biological family. Um, and scripture actually shows us, if you read carefully, that the Lord's brothers, who are his, his cousins, um, they didn't really believe in him. And his kinsmen, right, they wanted to drive him off a cliff. If you read the passage where he's, he's in his own country, right, they start off like so kindly. And the minute he says, well, this is who I am, they're like, throw him off the cliff. Like that, that, that's the reaction. It went zero to 100, like super fast. Right? But then you see another situation where, where in the Gospel of John, where his, his relatives come to him and they say, uh, uh, Lord, which is pure lip service, why don't you uh, go to Jerusalem? It'll be good for people to see you there. Um, and if you read just the sentence by itself, you might think they had good intentions of being like, oh, they're proud of him. And in the immediate sentence following is, this they said not because they believed on him, but because they disbelieved. Um, where it was a sarcastic thing of being like, yeah, yeah, go show them. Right, and let's see how, how what they take of you. So even our Lord wasn't again the whole point of using Christ as all these examples is to say he is the model servant, right? This is the model servant. And so even even our Lord, his earthly um, family, they weren't um, gung ho pro Jesus at all. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if some of them participated in the crucifixion riots. Um, so sometimes our families hate what we're doing, um, or they're sarcastic about our seriousness um, with faith. Where they go, business to leave, and you, you got filled with the spirit, and suddenly you like you pray now. Um, and then there's and there's mockery, and it and it can be it can be uncomfortable. Um, of feeling like, oh wait, is this wrong? Like I thought you wanted me to be religious, um, and now it's like hilarious to you. Um, Sometimes they will outright attack and prevent somebody from serving. Um, and um, you might say something like maybe there's a fight in you and you and you say something spiritual, which is, should just be truth. And like, oh, business study, you're so righteous, right? And then and it becomes really dripping. Um, it happens. Um, I know of. Uh, I know somebody who had uh, converted from Protestantism to Orthodoxy in Egypt, and he um, he prayed before eating, which which Protestants do too. Um, like it's not that's not an Orthodox thing, and they just mocked him to death that he prayed, um, and particularly because he did the sign of the cross, um, and he just broke down and he left the table and went to his room. He got really lucky. Most of us don't get this blessing where. Um, actually, Saint Anthony appeared to him and hugged him and, and prayed the video with him. Um, most of us don't get that, but that we do get <laughs> we do get the suffering part. Um, <laughs> then there's the suffering um, physically. Um, obviously, I don't need to go into many examples. We we know that the Lord suffered immensely um, physically um, for us and for us. Also, as servants of God, this can be illness, it can be handicaps, it can be physical injuries, it can be diseases. Um, these are different ways in which in which we suffer and we do suffer. Um, and then there's suffering um, 
from spiritual exercise, um, which might not be a negative one, but that exists where it's this whole, I'm only human, right? So when we feel like the labor of serving the Lord sucks, right? It might be that it's, it's just really hard to be pure. It might be this thing, this fasting is really hard. It might be liturgy. Um, but sometimes this feels more like suffering um, than it does joy. This is this is a kind of suffering. And then lastly is suffering, and I intentionally left this one for last because we tend to start with this one as though he is the only source. But suffering because the devil is attacking. Because many times your suffering is more to do with you um, or your environment and less to do with the devil. I'm not saying he doesn't work, he definitely does. But just to exhaust all the other ones. We read that the devil stirs up the people, right? We read that he entered the heart of Judas um, and aided in the very plotting of our Lord's death. Um, he went to Christ himself, right? Like he, he, he visibly manifested himself to, to Christ to, um, to tempt him, not knowing really who Christ was. And so I do want to make a point that the devil is definitely not less active today um, whatsoever. So how do we usually see suffering? Um, this is from um, Abba Dorotheus of Gaza, who's, if you haven't read his book, you should take a look at it. He's a, um, a great Oriental saint um, from Palestine. We leave God who grants us occasion of this kind to purify us from our sins, and we run after our neighbor crying. So he's saying, so I, I have this opportunity to grow from something, and then we run crying, why did you say this to me? Why did you do this to me? And whereas we should be able to reap great profit from things of this kind, we bring just the opposite on ourselves, being unaware that everything happens by the foreknowledge of God for the benefit of each of us. So that's one response to us is, is why me? Why me? How come? How could they say that? How could they do that? Why did this happen? Um, and I really like this one from the Desert Fathers, just from an old man. Um, we do not advance because we don't know our capacity. And we have insufficient patience in the work which we begin. So we start something, we don't have patience to keep going with it. And we want to possess spiritual excellence, but without working for them. And we go from place to place, and we expect to find some spot where Satan isn't. And then when we see the temptation of Satan in that place where we've been called, uh, he who knows what the war is will remain in God. For the kingdom of heaven is within you. So he's saying, like, this is so typical, where it's just like, we say, oh, I want to advance, I want to advance. And then, so you're in a situation where you can finally learn something, and you're like, I'm not take, I can't take this. Look at them, they're horrible, they're, they're, they're dumb, they're mean, they're cruel. They don't get me, they don't understand me, they don't love me, they don't realize who I am. You missed the point, right? And then you're like, no, I want to go to a place that's more peaceful, so I can pray, b'serem. Right, and then you go, and it's like, and then you say, you want to go to a place where Satan isn't. He's like, sorry, bud, he's everywhere. Um, and so when you get there, and there's a problem, then you're like, I can't deal with this. Whereas the person who understands who God is knows that the kingdom is within, and I have to stay where I am, and I have to wrestle with it. That is the only way to grow. Um, which is why the right disposition is that the greatest might of a man is to bring upon his soul his transgression at all times before God, and he must expect temptation until the end, the great Abba Antony, okay, is to understand that my job... Did you accidentally summon me? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> um, is that my job is not to fix 
the rest of the world, right? My job is to deal with me, with what I have wrong, and I need to expect and know that things are going to go wrong, and that's how life is, and it's going to happen until I die, and then I can take it even further. That this can become, as Sandy said, he's saying, your suffering can become your greatest might. How? It's like the work needed to graduate, to get a six-pack, to lose weight, to climb Everest, right? Like, like we, we all know the expression, no pain, no gain. Right, like it's 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 not even like only religious people get this um, this concept this this concept. Um, so what does suffering mean? What is our suffering? Because I'm not looking here to solve your suffering, because you're gonna have it, right? Like to try and solve all of them is to say like that you're not gonna you're gonna have it, deal with it, right? So what is it? Um, one is romantic. Um, and I really hope that you guys get into that sense that the spiritual life can be very romantic if you love. Um, because it's a way to show love to God. It's self-denial. It's the only way to show Him that we choose Him. It's with our free will. I have no other way to show what I value other than to choose. I can't do anything else. That is the only way that I have. So how do you use your how you use your will shows whether you are with Him or against Him. Right? Like, think of all those totally sappy, lovey-dovey rom-coms and the most, like, epic love story. And what's the main theme? This undying love of this hero who goes to the ends of the earth and gets whipped and chained and sold as a slave and climbs Everest and comes back 90 years later, but he was faithful. Right? And he comes back and finds, like, his 150-year-old bride ready for him. And she was like, and I said no to everyone else, too. Right? And if, and if, and if she didn't, then it's a tragedy, not a, not a rom-com. Um, because it was like, how dare you, after all of this faithfulness. And so it, is, it can be a very romantic thing, um, is to say, yeah, yeah, let the waves hit. And I'm going to stay still. Right? Let, let, the, let the problems come, let the sufferings come, but I'm going to stay true in my desire um, for you. And so that's one level. But it's a deeper level to realize that you are sharing in God's suffering. You're only sharing in the suffering, though, if it's a truly unjust suffering. Okay? Because Christ was faultless. Right? So you're sharing in the suffering when you are faultless. So if you went and told off uncle and then said it was an active kidna, sorry about it. But if, if it's because of righteousness, that's why Christ put a caveat. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Right? And so but what is more meaningful to you? The friend who's like, yeah, I'm so sorry you're going through a really hard time. I really hope everything works out for you. That's kind. Right? It's not mean. Or what about the friend who says, I don't have much to say to you, but I'm willing to be present with you. Tell me what you need from me, right? Do you, do you just need somebody to be around and be quiet? No problem. Do you need somebody to just yell at? Do you, you are going to find more meaning in that person who accompanied you in your suffering than the person who just said nice things to you. It's nice of the ones who said it, but there's a deeper love and meaning in the person who shared with me. And this is what Christ invites us into, saying, come with me. Walk with me on Golgotha, right? Like, and, and, and it's not shameful to have a cross. Like, like we, we glorify the cross today, um, right? Make nice brass, like, replicas. I don't know if you, you know what the cross was like in Roman times. It was disgusting, okay? It was 
you've all heard that it was the most shameful death, but I don't know if you know what that looks like. The walk from your cross to where you're actually put up was the walk of shame, okay, where people would line up and, 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 and hate you and spit on you and mock you and look at you as the vilest kind of human being. And you weren't wearing a loincloth, you were naked. You were in all your shame, exposed before everybody. And sometimes, um, especially when they took over places, they would kill your family in front of you when you were put up on the cross just to make sure that you saw it and couldn't do anything about it. Um, and then even, and I'm sorry I'm going to get graphic because I want you to know how disgusting and bad it is, they sometimes would shove a spear up the anus all the way through the head. Okay, these are all documented things that happened. So when Christ went to be crucified, it wasn't just like a, oh, that was so sweet, and he wore all our sins, he lifts me up, up, up. No, okay? It's, it's, it's a gruesome, humiliating thing. And he, this is why Simon of Cyrene was compelled to carry the cross. Because it's like, who would want to walk that? They're going to think, I'm him. No. Right? That's how shameful it is. Right? And so Christ is walking this saying, come with me. And that the truth of your faithfulness to me is whether you can identify me in that moment as God. If you can't, then you don't know me. This is why he says the hour of my glorification is coming, is in the cross. Right? Is that this is what St. Anthony is saying, your greatest strength is that. He's saying this is, this is that moment. This is why we say on Great Friday, Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Mortal, who in weakness has shown forth what is greater than might. Right? These are very deep words. So it is a very deep thing to be willing to suffer with Christ as a servant. It is, there, there could be no greater sharing of love in a more meaningful way than to say, who am I that you permit me this? Not even that, I'm, that, I'm, that I get to do this, that I'm even permitted, that you allow me to do such a thing. The second thing is that it brings out virtue. It perfects you. Evagrius Ponticus said, evil was not created, it is the absence of good. The wrong points out the lack of virtue in you. When someone tells you there's something wrong um, and you fix it, or sorry, you freak out, then your ego is really alive. Okay? Like if someone says, hey, maybe that wasn't this, then you discover that you have an ego. If someone slanders you, your reaction to that is going to indicate how much um, you care about the service being about you or the service being about God. Right? If your response is, no, I need to correct how they think of me, then you're, you, you're really worried about you. But if, if it has nothing to do with you, like that's okay. Like, did, did the right thing get done? Okay, chalas, right? So the wrong, the wrong house is pointing at this. Um, like, take a look at the Desert Fathers. This is what it looks like with practice. Um, another, of the fa- another of the fathers, when he was being plundered, said unto the thieves, hurry, make haste, before the brethren come. Right? He's being robbed. He's like, do it quickly, before they come. Right? Like, get all my stuff and go, because when they come, they're going to stop you. Right? Like, this is, this is what it looks like when you reach the... The perfect state where you where you're you're fine. You're like I don't care. I don't have my stuff, right? It's not about my stuff, right? God gave me the stuff. He'll give me more stuff if I need it. Um, another brother who was traveling on a journey and did not know the road asked a man to show him the way to direct him. 
Now the man who he had asked was an evildoer. Okay, so he's asking this guy for help, and this guy that he's asking for help is is not a good guy. And the evildoer leads the brother off the road to a waste place, um, brings him to the Nile. Um, sorry, I I dropped a sentence. He robs him, <laughs> um, so he takes all of his stuff, right? And then, but now they're near the, the they're near the Nile, and they need to cross. And so the guy, in his haste, trying to escape the monk he robbed, is swimming across. And the monk sees a crocodile going after him, and he yells out to the guy, and he goes, "Careful! <laughs> There's a crocodile after you!" Right? And the guy gets out, like he sees it, and he and he comes to safety, and he and he's in shock, and he, he thanks him. And is in wonder that this guy that he robbed, that his response is not to get angry and be like, oh, let him die, he just robbed me, you know, monk, right? Like, see the vengeance of God, right? Um, but it was, it was the opposite. It was, I have, he's living the gospel, right? This is what it looks like in his perfection. He wanted his money back. Yeah, <laughs> he did want his money back. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, third is that it's a means to attain the kingdom if you do it quietly. Um, we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Okay? Um, if we get confronted to our suffering and our wrong, and we convert it, something changes. So, for example, um, I don't know how many of you have heard the story of Peter the slave. Um, but Peter the slave... Um, I really like these stories are what we grew up on. I hope that you guys know them because they're they're great. But Peter the slave was a rich dude, um, totally pompous, um, and like felt himself as being a big shot because he was, um, and he was like he would not share. Like there was no such thing as charity for him. So one day a beggar like just kept on annoying him to death. He usually didn't give beggars, and the beggar wouldn't leave him alone. So in his like frustration and anger, he chucked a coin at the at the beggar. So that night he had a dream, and the Virgin Mary shows him heaven and these mansions and nice places, and then she eventually comes to this tiny little shack. It's like, this is your place. And like, that's my place? And he's like, yeah, this is because of the, the thing you chucked at the guy. Like, this is even why you why I have this. Like, because otherwise there wasn't going to be even a shack. So Peter woke from that vision that he took very personally, sold everything he had, gave everything to the poor, to the point where a guy, a, a poor beggar, asked him for money and he had run out. So he sold himself as a slave and gave the price of his slavery to the guy who begged him. Okay? And then his life was all suffering, right? In, in, the, in the secular sense. But through this suffering, this is how he took the kingdom. Right? This is how he took the, the, the kingdom. Um, I'll tell something that I maybe shouldn't tell, but it's too late. Many of you have heard of Abuna Yustos and Antoni. Um, so those of you who have watched the movie, like there's that scene where he gets on the train, he's going back to his hometown, and it doesn't move until he gets on. What a lot of people don't realize is like, why was he going home? <laughs> he was going home because he was kicked out. Um, I'm like a son of that monastery, so I sat with the elders like, Um because he said something, his tongue was loose. Um, he was a saint, but he falls. He had said something, and he very much angered the bishop at the time. Um, and so when he returned, he had, came back with us in a 
my tongue or the nivdaya, right? My tongue is the one that caused me my catastrophes. It is better for me to not speak. Right? This was actually the, the, the beginning of his of his silence. Um, and, and it was a suffering for him. I'm sure it was actually very frustrating for him sometimes not to communicate. He was like, no, I will suffer for the kingdom. Right? That that is the goal. It was not, here, I'm going to check out my new virtue. I'm going to be silent. Right? It was, I'm, I, I have a goal. I suffer from this thing. I'm going to use this thing so that I can, I can get to God. If you do it quietly. Um, actually, this is a very comforting saying from the fathers. Um, one of the old men, one of the elders said concerning Lazarus, the poor man, from the parables. We can't find that Lazarus ever did one excellent thing except that he never murmured against the rich man as being one who had never shown him an act of mercy. But he bore his infirmity with the giving of thanks, and because of this, God took him to himself. He's saying there's nothing good about Lazarus. right? The story doesn't say, oh, he was so nice, he was so generous. He's like, nothing. Just that he didn't whine. And he didn't yell that he was suffering. And he didn't yell at the guy who was causing his suffering. That's it. And that was sufficient, his enduring of, of, of tribulation, that was his su- sufficient for his entry into the kingdom. Um, so your, your patient endurance might be your key to salvation. Take it, it's a freebie, right? Like that's way easier than a lot of the other stuff, right? Like if you can, if you can just take it. Um, fourth, and I, I, I won't run too much longer, don't worry, it purifies you, as we said earlier, so that you can see God and that his gift will grow in you. Because suffering helps take away the wrongs that are in us if we react properly. This inevitably leads to increasing purity. Um, blessed are the pure relationship see God. This results in the Holy Spirit working within you, which means it's more likely to see spiritual gifts and gifts in these people. Um, Abba Piman used to say of St. John the Short, who cried out to God. So this is the great St. John the Short, and here what his prayer was. You've probably heard this story. He made entreaty, he asked from God, and his passions were removed from him. He was now sin-free. And he was set free from anxious care and went and said to a famous old man, I perceive that my soul is at rest and that it has neither war nor strife to trouble it. Then the old man, the elder, said to him, Go and ask God to let war and strife come back to you because it is through war and strife that your soul will advance in spiritual excellence. And afterwards, whensoever war studied for him, he didn't pray, O Lord, remove from me the striving. Instead, he made supplication to God, saying, Lord, give me patience to endure the strife. Right? It becomes your way of purification. And finally, and this is very important in the service, it humanizes you. Suffering humanizes you. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who, this is the words of St. Paul, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sinning. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace and we receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So this is true of us with respect towards God, that if we have a God who can relate, I can talk to him. But you become God incarnate, you become self-incarnate to those you serve when you've actually suffered. Um, you're able to understand and empathize with the person who is is, is suffering. Um, I'll get personal here. I, I have a disease, right? So disease isn't fun. But I used to go to those people who like 
um, what, they'd be like, oh, Bismuslim, God loves you because he gave you a disease, because you're so virtuous, right? And, and, and oh, wow, the disease from heaven, um, thinking that I'm like comforting, consoling. Whereas actually somebody who's gone through it would be like, actually, I don't feel that at all. I'm not grateful for it right now. So whatever you're saying, gone, right? And actually, I met somebody with MS who was like, I'm sick of people telling you to be thankful for it. I'm not right now. I hate it, right? And if you, and if you are not human, you're going to say all the wrong words thinking you're, you're serving of like, oh, wow, yeah, you're a saint. It's like, really? You don't know me. I'm not a saint. I'm cussing out God every night. Right? And, 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 and they might be, right? They're, they're at a certain phase, right? So I'm not saying never comfort, but I'm just saying that when a person has gone through something, they know what certain things mean and what's acceptable at the time and what's needed at the time because it's real to you, right? And so where you don't have experience, please don't overstep your boundaries, right? Don't pretend that you do. Like, walk away and be like, I don't know that, what that's like, and if there's a way I can support you, let me know. Um, I don't want to assert myself over you, right? But I also don't know what it's like. Um, but there's there's a companionship that can be formed in the service when you notice, like, all of you, for the most part, or many of you have grown up here. So when somebody young comes saying, like, dude, like, like it's hard, you're not, like, it doesn't matter, right? Like, you might be like, yeah, I know. It's brutal sometimes, because for you it was. If it wasn't brutal for you, then don't pretend, <laughs> right? Like, because there's somebody else who will also be like you, who's like, I don't actually struggle with that thing. I struggle with this thing, right? And so w- every servant has a different gift, and they're going to relate in different ways. But suffering is so important for you to have empathy, to have mercy, to show justice. I, I'll give a negative example myself. I judged the heck out of one guy, and I had no idea I was judging. Like, I genuinely didn't. I thought I was, like, pushing him and, like, and the, the reality was I didn't understand. And this is me as a priest. This is not like 20 years ago. This is like last year. Okay. And this, this guy had an addiction. And I didn't understand how the addiction, and it was not a drug addiction, but it was, I didn't understand how it makes somebody act. And I couldn't accept it. And I would yell and I'd get violent with this person. And I rarely am. Right? Until um, God was like, Ishraq. Right? Took away some of his grace so that I had no control over myself. Right? And then I was like, Lord, stop. <laughs> I get it. I judged. I'm a jerk. I'm sorry. Right? I didn't understand. Right? I didn't have mercy. Right? And so now because of it, because I suffered. Now because of it, now if someone comes saying it, I'm not like, you're an idiot. Get up. Right? Now it's like, okay, what can we do? Right? What is it that, what is it that you need right now? How can I help you in any way? To, to stop these these things. And I can relate a little bit because I did it, right? Not because I'm perfect, but because I'm completely not perfect, okay? And this is what it means. Um, this is, those of you who have been familiar with Henry now, and he's a remarkable Roman Catholic priest, um, very Eastern in his approach, actually, but he has a book called The Wounded Servant. Um, it, it comes from the Isaiah passages that we're reading, that you can heal through your wounds, Right? Just like Christ healed through his wounds. That your own brokenness becomes a source of life right, to other people because you share in their sufferings and you understand the humanity that's real. This for a servant is so, so, so important. Use your service to increase in love, not to increase in judgment. And very briefly, all of this obviously is not with a reward, but I don't like reward because it's not the point. 
right? That's not why we do it. But if we're children, this is St. Paul, then we're heirs, right? Our, our God is, is a king. And if, and if he's the king, we're heirs to the kingdom, right? Um, and we're joint heirs with Christ, the elevated level of Christ. If it be so that we suffer with him, then we also will be glorified with him, that we may be glorified together. Okay, so the sharing and suffering, it becomes a sharing of glory. Okay, it's not like when, you, when we go to war together and we, and we have victory as a nation, the celebration is the whole nation. Right? Yes, we all suffered in, in different ways. There was the people at home that were supporting. There's the people that were the troops. All these become part of the battle. But the victory at the end of the battle is the victory for everybody. Um, so just two words of comfort. Don't be afraid because he promises two things. One, there is no temptation taken to you such that it's common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. Okay, or it says, and if you are not able, he'll provide you with an escape. Okay, so never fear the trial you're in. You will find grace. If this is not from your own causing, you'll either find grace or you'll find an escape. He won't leave you, right? Number two is he promises the kingdom of heaven. Like here, now, and after. Um, suffering exists for one reason only. Only one reason. Because sin exists. Because people use free will wrongly. That's the source of all suffering. Because my suffering causes my 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 sin causes my own suffering and that of others. It started with Lucifer choosing himself and continues until this day. If you are willing to take the cross, then what you are what we are doing is showing the glory that our Lord showed, that in weakness, as we said, he is showing what is greater than might. By taking the thing despised, the crux of suffering and turning it into salvation. He took the most despicable thing and made it a badge of glory, right? He said, this is the thing that you think is so shameful. I will make it the most honorable thing. It is entirely up to you how you deal with your suffering. But if you wish to be a son of the king, then you follow your leader, your commander, to the point of death for the sake of the cross. You allow the world, others, anyone, to do as they please, in the surety of the reality of the I am, of who God is, the one who is victorious in war. If you love him, you follow him. Then you take the root of Golgotha with him, and if you do this, you die with him, and you will most certainly rise with him. Even in the crux of darkness, the church proclaims always, Christos Anesti, that Christ is risen. And every suffering and every cross is a resurrection. To him be glory now and ever into the age of ages. Thank you, Father Anthony. Um, any questions? Okay, uh, I'm not sure you have some announcements. You know, you can also, you know, you can uh, submit your questions online. They're uh, on IHS um, on the website. IHS, so you can submit those online, and we'll try to get to as many as uh, we can. IHS.mvwcopts.ca. Then from there you can go under Ask, and 